Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. In the previous episode, I talked about consequences and how to set them, when to set them, why we set them and what the difference is between punishments and consequences. So if you have not listened to part one in this two-part series on consequences, please do um, listen to episode 314 before you listen to this one today, episode 316, uh, 315 it will be. So yesterday... The other day we talked about consequences and we looked at, I discussed there being two kind of situations, big picture, you know, when do you set consequences? And we talked about the pre-planned consequences, the consequences that kick in for things that will happen, you know they will happen, they happen all the time, daily kind of thing, like kids over uh, pushing the limits on boundaries, on uh, screens, then pushing the limits on not doing their chores, then pushing the limits on not being asked, not doing what they've been asked to do, whatever it might be. But there'll be certain things. It might be if you've got younger kids, it might be going to bed when you ask them to go to bed. You know they push the limits on those few things. So you can have a consequence that will happen every time they do X, Y will happen. So the cause and effect that's what cause it, consequences teach them, the relationship between cause and effect. In other words, what happens when you do X, it will always be Y. So you need to be consistent when you are setting consequences and you're following through because it's consistency that will actually teach them. Because if one day you follow through and you make them get off their screen, but the next day you're like, eh, you know what, suits me for them to be on their screens for a couple of hours, maybe let's make it three because I've got a lot of work to do. And then the next day, mm, I've got laundry and this and people for dinner and I've got to do all the food prep, mm, maybe it's two hours. And then the next day you're like, you guys, you've been on your phones for the last two days, you need to get off your phone now. And they're kind of like, you know what, I thought there were, I thought there was limits on this. Sometimes we have limits and sometimes we don't. So I don't know whether today's a day where you're going to let me stay on it longer or you're going to come down on me hard and say no more. So we have to be consistent. And we have to, when we do, like uh, not follow through on the consequence, there has to be good reasons and there are exceptions. But when there are, make sure you share those with your kids. Make sure you say to them, you know what? We, you normally have an hour on fortnight, but given that X, Y, and Z are going to happen today, I'm going to say you can go, you can have a couple of hours on fortnight today and you tell them why, but you make it quite clear that it's an exception to the rule. So consistency, you're still being consistent. So there's a difference. Being flip-flopping all over the place and just using them when it suits you 
and not using them when it suits you is not consistent. But you can have, you can use them, use them, use them, and then make exceptions provided you explain those exceptions to the rule to them so they understand why it's okay today, but it won't be okay tomorrow. So yesterday I talked about the pre-planned ones. Today I'm going to talk about the -the on-the-fly consequences. And these are the harder ones because for the things that our kids just throw at us from left field, the things we could never have expected them to do, but they've done them. What then? Because usually those things are kind of, they, they take you by surprise. And because you could never have expected your child to do what they've just done, you are usually triggered. And when we become triggered, we become reactive. When we are reactive, our minds go into fear. Like, oh my God, my kid's just stolen a Twix from from the IGA and the police are at my doorstep and I don't know what to do. Those situations, very, very difficult to stay calm, stay present, stay neutral, stay stay connected so that you can stay in your wise leader brain and role model the types of behavior you want your kids to take on for themselves. The problem is the police are at the door because your kid stole the twigs. And so the police are there. Your kid's got his tail between his, his legs and he knows he's done wrong. He's mortified. He did not want to come home in a cop car. He did not want the cops to tell you that he was caught stealing. And now he's at the front door. So the cop says, you know, here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. Okay, son, hope you've learned your lesson. Don't do it again. The cop leaves. You shut the door. Okay, this is where on the fly, right? On the fly consequences. What are you going to do? Because if you stand there and crap all over your son for stealing the Twix and you're triggered because who wouldn't be when a cop's at the door? You have to notice I'm triggered. Don't react in the heat of the moment. So for the on the fly consequences, you need to take a pause. You need to actually give yourself a moment. It might be a few hours. You might take the moment and you say to them, you know what, I'm kind of shocked right now. We will have to deal with this later because I know if I deal with it now, I'm going to say something I don't mean, not mean what I say, and you and I are just going to have a fight. So give me some time and we'll, we'll sit down and we'll have a chat about it. Not like, you just wait until your dad comes home. You've no idea what's going to happen to you. Blah, blah, blah. Not going to work. Now, you buying time does not mean you're being permissive and surrendering to the fact your kid's been brought home by the cops for stealing the Twix. It's saying to your, your child, I'm going to control myself here and then we will deal with it when I'm calm. And you're role modeling to them that you can't deal with things when you're wound up and triggered. So when you decide you're going to have a chat, you sit down and have a chat and you stay compassionate, you stay empathetic and you stay curious. You control your reactivity. You don't lose it. And you do the same thing as when you prepare your your consequences for the things you know are going to happen. You're going to do a similar thing here. You're going to sit down and say, you know, I'm still kind of shocked about this. What do you think we should do here? 
And your son's going to be like, mom, I'm so sorry. Or dad, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what came over me. And you're going to sit there and you're not going to say, too right, you didn't know what came over you. What do you think you were thinking? You're going to say, hmm, must feel pretty bad to, 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 um, to be here and having to deal with this now. And he'll be like, yeah, he might be upset. He might be crying. Validate him. I see you're really upset right now. I can understand why you'd be upset. I'd be upset if I was caught stealing as well. But we got to do, we, what are we going to do about it? And when you put it to them, they usually come up with something that's so ridiculously severe that you can then say, you know what? I think that's a bit much. Because actually, here's the deal. Your kid knows it's wrong to steal. The natural consequences have already taught him more than you're going to, no matter what you dish on him now. Because he was caught. He had to get in a cop car. He had to come to the door with the cop. He was embarrassed. He's ashamed. He's mortified. He's humiliated. Is that not enough? Is that not the natural consequence of stealing a Twix? For me, it is. So I would have the conversation about why did you feel you needed to steal it? You know, if, if you need a Twix, get some, you know, borrow some money from your friend. So in dealing with it like that, you're going to help them understand that you're actually a nice, reasonable mum. You're not a walkover. You could say, you know, you're, what do you think should happen? I mean, you're feeling pretty bad, but do you think anything else should happen? And they might say, yes, I think I should be grounded. And you say, well, what good's grounding going to do? Grounding is just punishing you for stealing the Twix. There's no relationship between it. How long do I ground you for? And is it after one day, does that mean you'll never steal a Twix again? Or do you need to be grounded for five? Or is it two? You don't know. So, you know, what happens when you ground him and then he has to go to grandma's, but grandma says, hey, sweetheart, please, can you walk to the store and get me some milk? He could steal a Twix then. So grounding him and punishing him is not going to actually help him learn what he needs to learn, which is to control yourself and not steal when you're in a shop faced with all these lovely candies and you don't have any cash. Maybe he did have cash. Maybe it was for the thrill of it. So you need to get to the root of the, the behavior. What drove him to steal it? What was the unmet need? Was it that he was hungry and had a sugar craving? That's actually easier. Okay, if you have that, let's find another way that you can get some sugar and your fix without stealing. If it's because, it, you know, he might say, well, my other friends did it and I thought I wouldn't be cool if I didn't do it too. They all stole it, but I was the only one that got caught. Ooh, then... Then you can sit and have a conversation with that, about that. So can you see that for those on-the-fly uh, situations where you're caught from left field, you can only stay cool, calm, and connected in the heat of the moment. It's, it's the only choice you have if you want to actually teach your child the lesson they need to learn from the mistake that they've made. So buy yourself time. Sit down when you're calm and come up with what you think is a reasonable consequence if you have to. Sometimes you don't have to. When my son came home stoned one Sunday lunchtime, I didn't ground him, punish him. There was no more consequences. He asked me, so what's going to happen? And I said, I don't think anything needs to happen. You're suffering enough right now. You're stoned, the, head, the room's spinning. You're not feeling good. He was 17, by the way. So the natural consequences played out. 
I didn't have to do anything more. But so often we think we have to punish them. Why? Because our beliefs and our conditioning and, and cultural patterns tell us that we have to punish our kids for their wrongs or we have to threaten them and bribe them to, in order to make them behave. I don't believe this at all. So I hope this has helped you for some of the, um, the bigger things that will happen when your kids come home, when they're a bit older, they come home and they might have stolen something, they might be drunk, they might be stoned, they might have um, said something mean to someone, they might have spray painted a fence, they might have, I don't know, all the crazy things that kids can do. But what we have to do is stay in our adult self and not join them in the ring and become a reactive teenager or toddler with them. We need to be able to help them learn from the mistake that they've made. So hopefully this has helped you and I look forward to being with you all soon. Thanks for, for listening. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.